Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Do you believe in voodoo? <laughs> Welcome to Squincast, everybody. My name is Kelly. I'm Brittany. And we are going to be talking about season one, episode 19 of Bones today. What's the name of this one? The Man in the Morgue. Ah, yes, yes. And yes, do you believe in voodoo? That's a good I song mean... instead of do you believe in magic? But it's voodoo instead. Do Same idea. In... Well, do you believe in Catholicism? <laughs> well, we talk about that a little bit in this episode. <laughs> Brennan this gets very... Oh, yeah. This was... Uh, I don't know. They talk about religion a lot in this show, I've decided. Because they do... it does come up. It's. I think they're always trying to make the point that Booth is religious and Brennan is not. And that's something that they can kind of like work off of. But it's mm -hmm. like, in my mind, the things that we do not discuss are religion, mm -hmm. politics, mm -hmm. and recently added COVID. Those are <laughs> the three three uh, pillars. So we get a good you opportunity know, to touch on the religion aspect in this uh, episode. Yes, most definitely. How are you? You okay? Brittany bought a fucking house. This is yes. crazy. <laughs> and you're within the city limits. Yes. Even crazier. Yeah. How I didn't see the backyard. Is there a backyard? There's a backyard. So it backs onto the, it's like a field of a school. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's a middle school. So the middle school has like a football field. Um, so it backs onto that. And it's pretty far from the actual school. The only concern I would, if it's a, is it a high school? No, it's a middle school. I lived across huh. the street from an elementary school my whole life. Yeah. And I didn't find it too bad. Yeah. Well, just elementary hooligans. versus middle versus high school. They're yeah. very different experiences. Like I think one of Greg's cousins, Rose and her husband, they live up the street from us. So we have on in our neighborhood alone, we've got Greg's cousin, Rose who's married to Steve, Greg's yeah. cousin, David, Jan. And then he has, obviously, you know, Ren and Kathy live very close by as well. David, and... Jan is Greg's actual cousin, like by blood? By blood, yeah. yeah. What? Everyone is related. Greg's... Well, Greg's father is brother to David's mother. So, okay. Vida, you know Vida? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's Dave's mom, and that is Greg's father's sister. So they're cousins. Everyone, all Slovenians are related. Other than Mark. <laughs> Mark is only that's related why... to and Andy Crawley. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, that's the issue with uh, Plinitz is all Delenses and Adamiches and all I mean, everybody. As kids, they must have had to be pretty careful dating. Like, oh, oh this is my cousin? <laughs> Oops. I don't even want to speculate. <laughs> you don't want to go there? 
<laughs> well, because you know we have the sisters and the brothers and the boo to boo to boo to and this this name the and that sisters name. that are married to brothers. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I'm sure they had to check the lineage before they absolutely got fully fully connected for sure. I think as part of our marriage license, I think we had to check like we're not related. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm that. pretty sure. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That's- I'm gonna wild. Check. let's break let's break the third the fourth wall third wall second wall mark, yeah come on mark application that we had to say that we weren't related was that it for the church or was that for our marriage license sure i think for both uh i don't think mark anyway knows. no neither of us know but we definitely at one point had to check that off i remember being like this is an interesting question this whole house been? thing wow yes uh, yeah huge honey yeah we saw this house we were like this seems pretty good it's expensive but like for that area it seems pretty reasonable maybe it's worth it so you're have you sold the condo so actually my parents are buying it for like a pro- for a rental property <laughs> so they did I was gonna an appraisal say, yeah you could rent it yeah that's well that's their plan i would love to have Mm -hmm. we needed that we needed to sell it to be able to afford a down payment yeah otherwise i would have loved to keep this place and rent it and then Mm -hmm. um run away from mark when you're mad at him yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) give me like carrie bradshaw have your little (laughs) apartment it's sex in the city here sex in the city apartment (laughs) how are you doing enough about me Oh my God. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I, uh, my food business is, has a bit of a downturn with my food, but I'm trying to figure out ways to, I'm just, again, trying not to get a job basically is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it's downturned as in like people are taking, nobody's ordering. Yeah. It's summertime. All the restaurants are open. Yeah. Nobody's staying home to eat anymore. I mean, I'm not even staying home. I was out for dinner tonight. So I get the price, you know, to go out like versus groceries. Like it used to be like a huge difference. I know, but it's the same now. Yeah. Yeah. Groceries are insane. May as well eat. It's insane. It's insane. I I know. Yeah. Listen, I got subs for dinner. (laughs) It was probably cheaper than making a fucking sandwich you know what i mean jesus otherwise uh food blah 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 i um went to one of my coaches his his wife died actually so i went to a funeral on thursday it was um well she was in her 80s she you know it was unfortunate she had a stroke and everything like that but oh that's really sad He's also in his 80s. He's one of my, he's in the Nicaraguan coach. Uh, and he's, he's amazing. He's an amazing man. He's had cancer like four or five times. He's gone through everything. Wow. He's had stents put in his arteries. He's had all kinds of surgeries and he's still kicking, right? He's just so strong physically. It's shocking. But I don't know, man. And he has a lot of kids. He has like four or five kids. So, um, wow. and I know them all. I've over the years I've met them all, and they're all very lovely people. And um, I've never experienced this before. And this is interesting that we're talking today, uh, the subject of the show, actually, because 
the ser the service was graveside and it was an open really? casket open casket at the gravesite at the gravesite what's there um or, or is it uh, was it a non-religious ceremony uh, it looked pretty religious to me but it was nicaraguan so i wonder if it has something hmm. to do with that like if it's a south american thing i i don't know yeah i haven't done any research so don't come That's at me so guys. interesting i, I honestly I've, don't I've know. only I, i'm sure you're the same but all the funerals i've been to have been like the funeral itself was in a church yep um i either have it had... in a church or it's at the funeral home yeah hmm interesting i just i had never seen that before and what happens is they just like they dump tons of flowers like everybody puts flowers into the coffin you know at the end of the service and then she gets buried immediately so it was uh interesting i've seen that on tv shows where, yeah. like they have the long stem rose and then people are putting the roses on the on the coffin yeah but these are in the coffin with her because it's open right oh so she's covered in oh. flowers so otherwise it's neat you know it's like yeah you know having gone to um like a jewish funeral i've been to obviously catholic ones and non-denominational yeah. ones I've, I've been to so many friggin' funerals i think it, i'm just at the age where i just go to so many of them i don't know mm. that's one of those things that there's uh lots of funerals and lots of weddings yeah we've, we've they always seem to happen before. around the same time <laughs> well i think that i'm done with like i told you like i'm done with weddings and now it's just funerals from now on and then i'll be like one of the old ladies at the old lady table at weddings you know where everybody ignores you and you, know, <laughs> you just see old people in the corner i hope not <laughs> oh my wedding. god i can't imagine greg and i being like that i mean I, his father was never like that so no his mom his mom and dad always danced all night so they always had a good time the old people that like do like to dance at slovenian weddings too so oh yeah especially when a good polka comes on oh my god it's wild it's just wild watching greg he he greg, greg likes to dance with um who is it irene breach that's it because she she likes to spin so he like they spin her around and she's very fast and it's really funny irene ren is good too greg's sister i've seen she's... i've seen irene and greg dance i think yes i think everybody has they they're they go way back <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and greg can still dance you know so it's good he can still move good for him how well, is he feeling by the way i think last time we talked you said he was in a lot of pain his back is better. He went golfing today, Good. so I don't think he has any more excuses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's going through a thing, right? It's like the doctor tells him he's got to lose a bunch of weight. And because um, you get to a certain age, you just can't be carrying around a lot of extra stuff. And of course, when you get older, you gain more. So it's harder. But part of me is like, he's very muscular too. Like he has a lot of muscle just like me like i probably weigh at least 200 pounds so i mean but i'm i have a lot of muscle so i don't know yeah, you're both pretty athletic you stay fit doing like walking and boxing and stuff yes well that's where i was today for Ooh, sure nice 
Well, I go four or five times a week, right? So I was there I didn't Friday. Know it was that often? Oh yeah. If if the gym was open, I'd be going every day, pretty much. Really? So I take like one day off. Like I go probably six days a week, Monday to Friday, and then I on Sundays too. I take one day off usually. It's so fun. Well, yeah, to train with boxing, it's like you have to do it every day. It's just one of yeah, those keep up with it. Technical sports that you have to keep doing over and over again. And then, like, if I take a week off, I'm it's I'm a mess. And then I started sparring again. So my Ooh. friend Martin, one of my, I know it's boring, but I'll talk about it anyway. No, not um, at all. Tell me, my my friend Martin. He's like sixty years old, right? He's this Italian guy that I've been training with for years. And he's like a former semi-professional uh, soccer player and very athletic, driven, competitive person. And he's a skilled boxer as well. He's very skilled and technical. And we we spar together. I call him my gym husband and he calls me <laughs> his wife. Like I'm his gym wife and he's my gym husband. <laughs> That's and awesome. We, ta we take care of each other and joke around and stuff. So uh but he beats the shit out of me like when we were sparring like i just i'm just getting he was beating me up on oh Friday. no but you're wearing like and, a helmet and stuff right yeah yeah no i got okay. a helmet i got a mouth guard i got gloves i'm good i was just getting really discouraged and i was like on the verge of tears i was gonna cry because i was doing so poorly and uh he's like don't cry kelly don't cry don't cry he's like tell me don't cry don't cry <laughs> i was like it's okay i'm just i haven't sparred in so long and my skills are just not up to snuff and I feel terrible. Like I'm just such, I'm so hard on myself. And this is a thing I've been dealing with all my life. Like just being really hard on myself. Yeah. And I have to just take it one step at a time and just yeah. get back into it and keep, he said, you have to keep sparring. You have to keep doing yeah. it. You have to keep. The more practice you get, the better more. and better you'll get. And he's right. I'll get better and better. Obviously there's yeah. fundamental issues I'm having. I know what I did wrong. Like, it's not like I don't know he's hitting me. It's not like I don't see the punches coming. Like it's, it's very, boxing is challenging, you know, and it's mentally challenging because you're dealing with, you know, somebody's throwing punches at you. So there's an immediate instinct of either fight or flight. So you have the choice, you know, I would I be running away. <laughs> But I'd it's be like, an oh, you're gonna hit me? <laughs> <laughs> ah! No, oh, yeah. but it's like in instinctively, yeah, you don't want to be there. It's like you're doing everything in your power to like. So, and then my issue is, is that if when he hits me, then I I'm paralyzed because I'm so rusty, I don't know how to respond, and it takes a lot of mental toughness because I think ultimately when you get to a certain level in boxing it doesn't matter like how good a shape you're in it doesn't matter blah 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 it's all about your mental attitude walking into the ring like it, it's all it is whether you're sparring or fighting or whatever and if you don't have the right mindset uh it can really like I've learned a lot like I have a different approach when it comes to boxing I think than some people everybody has a different approach I suppose yeah but I have, I am a thinker. I'm an analytical person. I take things very, I'm very sensitive and all these things are like against me at this point. <laughs> I'm not a person who's really 
primal when it comes to that stuff. Okay. So I think about it too long. I go, oh, I'm going to think about the punch I'm going to throw instead of just bloody throwing just the damn Just doing thing. it. Yeah. Just challenging my skills and just putting them to the test. This sounds so, awesome. Well, it's, I, listen, I'm sorry. I went on. I love the sport. No, I love I, it. It's a great sport. And I really challenge anyone who's looking for something like mentally and physically challenging like that and is okay, is good with individual sports some people are better with individual sports versus uh, team sports i've been an individual sport person all my life so i'm not so good on teams <laughs> i did a kind of a combination of both i did gymnastics but i was terrible at that that was mainly just because my sister was good at it <laughs> <laughs> damn you so, jess yeah my parents were <laughs> like oh you're you. doing the same sport uh -huh. um but then i got into volleyball and i really like that i could see you being great on a team for sure i enjoy team sports because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's more like i don't know i like working as a team and yeah for sure like getting that dynamic yeah ah uh, yeah so I think that's, I don't really have anything new. Just, I have a failing business and I'm terrible at boxing. Those are the two <laughs> things we've learned about me today. <laughs> you are, have a business that has just plateaued for a very short period of time. Oh, thank you. I've and plateaued. You are working on your boxing. <laughs> ah, I never stop working. I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. This I have to say this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. Tell me. Just this episode. I, yes. I don't know if I liked it. I haven't decided I did not. yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are some real big problems I have with it. And then yeah. it's unfortunate because the guest stars are insane. The guest stars are insane. We are introduced to a character who... who becomes a very important character in this series she's in 54 other episodes this oh. is her first uh this is our introduction oh to i her. know oh yes 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 <laughs> i love her character Shereen. oh honey i love her so much <laughs> um one of my favorites we're introduced also to a very important that we're finally getting a hint that a relationship that comes to fruition in the future may happen and we've never seen that we've never seen these two people interact that way before until this episode so we'll i chat. thought it was cute but we'll talk about it yeah oh it's cute <laughs> even though you hate them both <laughs> oh that i was oh. thinking about the other one. Oh, oh, oh god <laughs> I forgot. Oh, we already know that Booth and Brennan are meant to be. I We're forgot. talking about the other. I forgot. About the, the moment where I almost barfed. The moment where I was like, yes. No. <laughs> oh, but seriously, just talking about it is making me almost Your mouth barf. is getting a little watery. Oh. <laughs> On that note. On that note, let's talk about... Uh, this brutal opening <laughs> <laughs> where the hell did these guys come from oh okay, my god you, you, why don't you start us off Britt? sure so we are 
getting a bunch of images of the destruction left by Hurricane Katrina. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are finding out that for vacation, Brennan has decided to go and help with this, uh, to go to New Orleans to help with identifying human human remains that they've come across after the hurricane. And if you remember, that was like, that was, I remember Hurricane Katrina was horrible. So it was awful it's awful so anyway so there's this temporary morgue that's set up and there's this um there are these two examiners in there and (laughs) brennan is just kind of chilling like just doing her own thing mind her own business but also kind of eavesdropping on this conversation Mm -hmm. and it's these two dudes being like two dudes mike doyle and graham legere 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 yeah legere um and they're talking about (laughs) how mike doyle is banging this they call her a coffin girl and she's uh very kinky and blah 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 it's like the grossest conversation ever and then they realize that brennan is there and they apologize but brennan is like oh no don't worry uh i know that males often bond by exaggerating their sexual conquests why is this conversation happening like oh it should not be happening i automatically i think of katrina i think of the horrible like the destitution the systemic racism that came to light in this horrible scenario all these terrible things are happening and these two guys are being a couple of horn dogs but not even just normal horn dogs yeah like alluding to the fact that this guy mike doyle i don't think he's a doctor i think he's an orderly i think so too i think that but he's the alluding only doctor that he's having sex he's having sex with these bodies that they're retrieving not these ideal coffins. like yeah. how is this funny it's not funny at all i found that to be pretty it was pretty distasteful and pretty awkward it was it was funny in the sense it, the only way that it was funny was when you laugh at something because it's so uncomfortable. So I don't know what I would have done. Like those people should be either. fired, but I guess they have no choice because they have no one else to help them. So like this yeah. is the dregs, the dregs of help that they have in this situation. People who the are willing that, to help. <laughs> yeah. Pe- the only people willing to help in this situation and they're terrible. Yeah. Well, while this is happening, Brennan is actually on, on the computer with Zach Um, And they're kind of, he's helping her identify one of the bodies and he overhears this and is like, congratulations on your coffin sex. (laughs) And then he offers to fly down because he's like, if you need me, I I can, I can be there to help Dr. Brennan. And (laughs) Brennan is like, okay, first of all, tomorrow is my last day here. I'm flying home on Thursday and uh, B sex in the coffin thing is not guaranteed for you zach i'm so sorry which i thought was weird too like is she is zach really thinking he wants to go down there to have coffin sex i don't get this exchange he's been very weird in the past with sex so jesus possibly i'm sorry but can we just move forward yeah well let's just move on because (laughs) it's just so awkward and anyway so she she keeps examining some some remains they another body comes into the room at that point we meet dr james james embry the assistant to the medical examiner and they 
find something odd on this body. This body is pretty banged up and it appears that, and they're wondering, sorry, if this body was killed by foul play or the hurricane or what happened, which kind of seems to be the theme for all of these bodies. They're trying to figure out the cause of death. Right. Because they're encountering people that were, the flood sort of washed up a lot of people who were already embalmed, already buried. Yes. So they have to ID them so they can be reburied. And I was making, I made a note that I felt that it was a bit of a waste of resources, but I, I understand like yeah, people paid a lot of money to like have their loved ones buried somewhere and all that stuff. And I appreciate, I don't mean to be callous, but I was just no. like, wow. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot I, of resources, you know? Well, especially when you see the, some of the bodies, like, it's very clear that they've been dead for a long period of time. Yeah. Just so you yeah. know, if I get washed up in a flood, don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> okay, good Good to know. I'll, I'll be all right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> At this point, I this whole, like, everything that happens before the credits is so yeah. wildly inappropriate this one guy so this Graham Legier guy is like hey Brennan you and me yeah. let me cook you dinner tonight and mm. it'll be a date it'll be great she's right. like mm, not <laughs> it's just kind of awkward she says okay you know what I'll let's see what the x-rays are going to tell us about this body that's just come in well and basically <laughs> This if it's he... something time consuming, then obviously yeah. I need to stay. And if it's not, then maybe I'll have dinner with you. Yeah, exactly. But not before he sort of is all cha-cha-cha and talking about how great New Orleans is. Oh, yeah. This doctor walks over to a tray of instruments, puts his hand down on the tray, <laughs> and all these instruments go flying all over the Oops. floor, like these sterilized instruments. And Brennan's looking at him like, you idiot. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, He's like so... Unbelievable. Oh, he, like he's so nervous to be he's asking not, her out. He's not very doctory, in my opinion. No, he's not. But this body that comes in mm. at the time—I don't—I I guess I'm spoiling. This is a bit of a spoiler. At the time, we don't realize that it's important. Yeah. But this is the body of John Doe three six one. So we should keep that in mind going forward because this body has significant has a lot of significance for the episode going forward. I didn't yes. pick that up until. The second time that I watched the episode, I was like, oh, that is John Doe 361 that we're talking about here. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Who are we introduced to, Brittany? Sam Potter. Did I already no. tell you about Sam Potter? No, we haven't talked about Sam yet, but there's somebody else that walks in. Who is the other person that walks in? Okay. Uh, let me just say it. So. Please. This person who originally I thought was an orderly uh, uh, brings in the body. Yes. Followed by a detective from the New Orleans police force. And does she look familiar, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> More than that, this woman, this uh, character's name is Detective Rose Harding. And she is played by Michelle Hurd. Oh, yeah. Like, this I was the so beginning. Happy to see her. Oh my god. Stacked I cast. Her. I recently saw her in Picard, the show Picard, yes. Star Trek Picard. And mm-hmm. she is fantastic in that. Mm-hmm. I love this actress. I love the accent she's putting on. I love everything about her. 
Michelle Heard is a, obviously is forgot that she existed because <laughs> I forgot about the whole exchange about her being like thinking about sex in this place should be illegal. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. I'm just so mad about this because the the medical examiner Greg Legere starts coming on to Detective Rose. Yeah, and she's like what is your problem man like it's and it's dealt with so flippantly oh my god well and then he asked like two seconds later he's asking brennan out for dinner oh my god i just can't I <laughs> this can't. guy just this... wants to get some <laughs> regardless but yes i just wrote that he should be fired i was just like can someone please fire this guy but yes then, um brennan asks sam yes the, for him to take x-rays of John Doe 361. Yep. And then the person who I, again, thought was an orderly, tells Sam that he thinks there's something lodged in the person's throat. And yes. who is Sam played by? I didn't write it down, but he uh, isn't he in Gray, Gray's... Wasn't he in Gray's Anatomy? I don't know. He's been in friggin' everything, man. Like, he's super been famous actor. For 40 years, he's been around this guy. Oh, yeah. He still looks the same. Scott Lawrence is good his for name. him. Uh, Scott Lawrence. Anyway, this cast, man, I can't get over it. <laughs> oh, we get even more famous. Oh, yeah, we like sure toward do. the end of this episode. It's like, <laughs> like crap. It's wild. It's wild. This was an expensive episode, or they got famous after. <laughs> I don't know. It was just really stacked, and I loved everybody except for Greg Legere, but that's okay. Was he also? You think he was something, something in something? Was too? he in Star Trek? Okay, this is fun. I'm going down an IMDb. Oh, same. Hole right I'm just now. looking it up right now because I'm like, okay, he was this in Star great. Wars, a ton of Star Wars. Oh, really? Season one. What's his name? Um, Scott Lawrence. Oh, Scott Lawrence. We're still talking about him. I thought he was in Star Trek Voyager. Oh, yeah. He's been in Star Trek for sure. He's been in, well, Avatar, obviously. Yeah. But he's been around, like, if you look at, oh, my gosh, look at this uh, filmography. Scott Lawrence has been around forever. So he's been in a lot of things, but you know what he hasn't been in? Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> the like, one yeah, show you Anatomy, mentioned. Right? His credits, he has over 130 credits to his name. That is a long career, my friend. That is a long career. That's amazing. Wow. I just got excited when I saw him. I thought, wow. And he I thought he played a really great part in this this particular oh, yeah. episode. He was Big great. And I wish uh, we'll talk about it at the end. I'll, I'll talk about all the things. But regardless, where are we? We are getting to the juicy part. Yes. So, like you said, so Sam Potter takes this um, body away, uh, John to 361, to go do some x-rays. And then we have a cut scene to Brennan on the on the laying on the floor of a tile bathroom, covered in blood, surrounded by blood. Yeah. yeah um she wakes up and then she has these like black and white flashes of like Mm -hmm. these scenes with a bloody torso Mm. i think there's a knife in the scene 
Um, and then it cuts back to the tall bathroom to her kind of coming around and mm-hmm. being like, where am I? Mm-hmm. Um, and more cutscenes to this like black and white scene. Yes. Which it, it looks like a horror movie, basically. Just like blood splattered on the walls, bloody hands, mm-hmm. uh-huh. a knife. Um Anyway, so she doesn't know what's going on. She's trying to get up, but you can tell that she's in pain. Mm -hmm. Uh, She ends up getting, finally getting up, and she starts examining her face in the mirror, realizing she looks completely beaten up. It is not a good situation. (laughs) (laughs) She calls, her first call is to, or no, sorry, the phone rings. The phone rings, yeah. She picks up the phone and they say okay your 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 uh taxi's here your limo's here to the airport she says i i'm not no that can't be right i'm not supposed to leave until thursday and they tell her it is thursday yeah and she says what happened to wednesday yes <laughs> um and then we get our credits do, do, yeah do, 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 that's the only song i can think of Yeah, so it's wild. It goes from this like jokey, jokey, sex, sex, blah, blah. Ooh, dead yeah. body. Something so boom. And then all of a sudden this horror scene. It's wild and it's a mystery. So now we have basically our setup for the whole thing. It's pretty I'm exciting. trying to remember. I should maybe just pull up the episode. But during these flashbacks, does she see faces during these flashbacks? Yes, because some of the flashbacks she does. she does see faces. Yeah. So she's seeing Sam Potter. Yep. She's seeing uh, this Legere guy. That's that it. Gra- Graham Legere. I think those are the two faces that she yep. sees. Yes. And they're doing, like, they seem to be taking part in some, like, creepy ritual or something. So, anyway, so she's having these, like, weird flashes, but ultimately she needs to go to a doctor. And that's where she is in our next scene. Do you want to tell me about that? <laughs> yeah. So Brennan's at the doctor's, and, like, I have issues. This with is this such doctor. a nice scene. The doctor's <laughs> terrible, but I love this scene. Oh, my- god this doctor is so bad i can't believe how bad this doctor is he is so nonchalant about her situation like she's come in she's had an earring ripped out of her friggin ear so he has to tape up her ear and check over her body and everything like that she's completely beaten up and she doesn't remember anything like she's having this major major amnesia and i just found the doctor like super dismissive and he basically says, oh, you know, this town is really tough and, like, the cops suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Detective Harding walks in like, hey. <laughs> oh, I know. God. And she goes, ah, uh, you probably, because he basically says all the good cops left. And she, he goes, well, she says to him, 
uh, Detective Harding, sorry, Rose. I called her Detective Rose the whole time. (laughs) She says, maybe you should be careful about saying stuff like that around the cops who did stay. Yeah. And like, well, don't, uh, in, don't insult us. Don't we're, we're the ones here. So stop insulting us. And Brennan apologizes to detective Rose because she didn't know who else to call in this situation. Mm-hmm. And she's Brennan is saying how she doesn't remember anything except for when Dr. Legere dropped a whole tray of instruments. And that was the last scene that we saw right before she ends up on the tile. Yes, but she also, and I'm glad they mentioned this, she very smartly ordered a rape kit. Mm -hmm. And I don't know the results of the rape kit, but he, the doctor says that there's no signs of any kind of forced um, activity. Yeah, he was saying like there's no signs of sex at all, like consensual or otherwise. Right. But who cares about any of this? Yes. Because, because what happens? Somebody barges into the examination room. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and his name is Seely Booth. He's he so has wonderful. rushed down to New Orleans to see just, what the hell's going on. He's just kind of her partner, right? Because <laughs> the Detective of. Rose is like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Like, who's crazy? Like, Booth is totally like, let me in there. And he barges in the room and they're like, you can't go in there. And and Brennan's like, what are you, Booth? I told you not to come. And then Detective Rose is like, who's this guy? And she goes, oh, Brennan's like, he's kind of my partner. He's from the FBI. And then this is when Detective Rose says, oh, I think he's more than just your partner if he's here. He says what we're all thinking. Thank you, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Detective Rose. What the timeline of this bothers me though. Okay, tell me. I love that I'm you always... have so many timeline problems. I, love <laughs> I have it. timeline problems all the time. But okay, so she went, I'm presuming she went straight to the hospital, I would think. He lives in Washington, D.C. Ah, you're right. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. So he somehow <laughs> made it there in time for her to still be in the hospital. Okay, here on we go. the examination table. How far is New Orleans? Here we're doing it. I think that he has some sort of teleportation device. How far is New Orleans from Washington, D.C.? It's It's actually not that long of a drive. It's a two-hour flight. Yeah, it's like going to New Brunswick from here. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually not that bad. Hmm. He could be there in two and a half hours on a plane. Okay, so if he got on the plane right away. Yeah, but... I guess it takes a while if you're at the hospital for an attack like that. And Uh she would have to be held behind because the cop would have to come and question her. And she's having like a thorough examination, probably x-rays. And like he said, uh, processing a a rape kit. Yeah, they already did the rape kit. They had the results of the rape kit already. I don't know that they had the results. I think that they just had, he had, he saw no signs. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. From when he did his like analysis. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. So apparently, the the earring. This is Brennan is upset about having lost one of her earrings because one the earrings were given to her by her mother. Yes. And uh, the other thing we determined during the this 
thing with the detective and Booth and Brennan and the doctor. Brennan runs over her injuries with Booth and the doctor says that her tox screen will be ready in a couple of days because they're a little short-staffed. And then Detective Rose tries to reassure her and Booth, Brennan and Booth, that they will do whatever they can uh, to help her. I can't believe, though, 24 hours for a talk screen. Like, it makes sense, Hurricane Katrina or whatever, but it is kind of a long time. Given also, the circumstances, yeah. Yeah, and if she missed a day of her life altogether, then mm-hmm. would a talk screen even show anything? Like, you would think it would be out of her system already. That's interesting. That's a really good question. Like, how long do these chemicals last in the body? Because that's something I don't think I heard them talk about, actually. No. Huh. I just was Brittany, thinking about that. you're so smart. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I had Take thoughts. Take over. What okay, happens? I'm taking over. You don't want to talk about uh, Zach and Hodgins? No. <laughs> so we're back in the lab after this. Booth is like, uh, in the last scene, sorry, Booth was like pretty upset, pretty worried. So anyway, Hodgins and Angela, though, are, they have no idea what's going on. They're just back at the lab in blissful ignorance. Mm. I didn't understand what they were talking about. <laughs> but Angela I did. says, I, did. I keep asking for a baby T that says the big easy. Yeah. And Hodgins wants- says... We're all hoping for that. Yeah. And then kind of smiles at the thought of her in that shirt. And then Angela's yeah. like, oh. Yeah. And he's like, That's oh, no, 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 exactly. no. For, for you. Exactly. What's there to understand? Hodgins what does that Hodgins mean? A baby tee that says creep. the big easy, like a t-shirt? Yeah, it's a little tight little t-shirt. You know when women used to wear oh. little t-shirts, they called them baby tees. I just needed to talk it out. Did you ever wear them? I did. I was one of those people. I don't think so. I did. No. In the 90s and the early 2000s, for sure, wore t-shirts that were way too small. <laughs> I don't think so. Not for me. Embarrassing. You know what? If you got it, flaunt it. Yeah, I don't you know do you. I had it then. It's like... <laughs> I'm sure you did. And you still do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice recovery. Anyway. <laughs> I'd rather um, talk about how you're going to flatter me for the next little while than okay. whatever's well, going on here. We'll just, we'll on. just keep flattering. Um, <laughs> so Zach was working in the background this whole time. And he's like, fortunately changes the subject. Asking if their funding allows Dr. Brennan to be able to do the work she does on her vacations. Mm. Which I don't think so. But... Angela somehow gets on the conspiracy theory wagon and says that there's some yin and yang of government spending and Hodgins is like so happy about this concept. Yeah, I know. But I was also asking at this point, does no one realize that she's been attacked at this point? Oh, they do not know. They know nothing. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. So they're like sneaking around because they have these... I think at this point they have a set of x-rays Yes. from, not I think, yeah, so they, they have a set of x-rays that uh, it presumably, they have, well, they can say this, it's, they're for John Doe 361. So at this point they're studying the x-rays. So basically they're saying we're just doing this for fun because we don't have any funding to do this. It's just for 
a project for her and we need to do it sneakily because yeah we're not getting paid to do it <laughs> um but now we have our our booth and brennan car scene her car scene we get one at least one every episode you love it oh back I, I in love the it. car back in back the car, in the car. <laughs> poor brennan she's all worried that her memory is never going to come back booth is like don't worry it'll come back don't worry like everything's fine her yeah. phone rings and this is zach so basically we're we're tying in the timeline of these two scenes so mm-hmm. zach is now calling about the x-rays telling her i received the x-rays of john john doe 361 i'm just looking through them now and brennan's like what are you talking about john doe 361 <laughs> and zach still has no idea what's going on like he's just no. like oh yeah you sent the x-rays she's going i don't remember doing that and she's he's kind of <laughs> like oh that's an odd thing for her to say but doesn't seem to really be bothered by this concept nope no one's asking but, any questions literally no one's asking any questions he just carries on is like okay yeah this was a male um in his late 40s mixed race he has some anomalies on his spine like gives her like so much detail about this these x-rays and it's not until angela hears booth's voice yeah that she realizes that something's up so she's like what is the she says you're ho- you're hopping on the streetcar named desire with booth <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over okay no one can see me i'm shaking my head you're definitely shaking your head because angela wants these two to get together but also hits on booth all the time it's very confusing it's very um, confusing and also uh, i'm sorry i'm flabbergasted yeah that brendan hasn't told anybody literally no one they she just carries on like okay how did three six one die zach says like it appears that a bullet hole that, that there's a bullet hole through his skull yeah not really sure she kind of just says okay keep working on it mm-hmm. and that's it like they literally hang up with no indication well that's not true because angela asked why booth's there and he takes the phone from brennan and i just want to yes. mention that i'm absolutely Sorry. i'm absolutely You're in right. love with booth's uh ray-ban obsession right now like every yes, episode now way better sunglasses thank god no, but like every episode, he has a different pair of Ray-Bans. And I just want to know, like, is he still sponsored by Ray-Bans? I, I think they look wonderful on him. Like he should just wear them every day. Anyway, he takes the phone from Brennan and he tells Angela sort of the short version of what's happened that, you know, um, Brennan was attacked by a voodoo sorcerer and she's lost her yes. memory and he tells her this whole sordid uh tale but she doesn't believe and, them no angela and zach both think it's hilarious they think oh they're they're screwing good, around good, good story bro like they're just very like <laughs> like nice try you're just building. yeah That's they it. totally don't believe him it's so no. funny so i was like okay which makes well, sense though like yeah it sounds crazy right yeah but they they do hang up from this conversation where no one yes. believes them no one's asking any further questions right and brennan suddenly is like i think i have a place that we can go to eat because i haven't eaten she's so starving I know. and i'm starving <laughs> and where do they end up i didn't write the name down but i i watched the episode jambalaya again today. jones <laughs> jambalaya jones unbelievable man i wasn't sure the name of the diner made me laugh 
Yeah, because the guy... You know what? You can tell I didn't like this episode. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm the same. But, it, okay, this never happens. <laughs> We're the same. We're both like, let's just get through this. <laughs> I just, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just like, you know what? Okay, so they go to the diner. <laughs> And they're going to order some food. And I was upset because the owner of the, the chef comes out and goes, hi, Dr. Brennan. He recognizes her, I guess. And she I know the exact time him. you were here. Yeah. And then we find out that she was there the day before with um, Sam. Potter. Graham. No, he, she was there with Sam. With Sam? She, she was there with Sam. She had dinner with him because we find out later Yes. They were talking turned... about a piece of evidence with Yes, him. you're right. Sorry. Yes. But she has to leave Jambalaya Jones's place without eating anything. I'm just going to say, she still hasn't eaten, <laughs> to rush back to the makeshift morgue that's set up in some sort of church to talk to Sam about why they had dinner together. Yes. And she's still very hungry and he's eating when she... Uh comes across him i just need to make it a point because so i always look up the script for these shows and then that's sort of what i use as the basis for my notes like i make notes on the script nice um but in the this never happens but in this particular script whoever wrote it put a spoiler note and what so this this set that they use for jambalaya jones's restaurant appears to be according to the person who wrote the script um the same set that was used for the royal diner in washington dc which is used in season two quite a bit okay so and it kind of makes sense this episode was pretty close to the end of season one right so it makes sense that they would repurpose the set yeah you can redress a restaurant that's yeah. a big deal yeah for set production but i just thought that was interesting they never have any sort Why of notes in these scripts spoiler note that's very strange know. wow but we'll have to when we're talking in season two we'll have to look back at this episode yeah and assess if it is the same <laughs> we just must do that we, we must. must we must <laughs> we can do one of those so, spot the differences it's like yeah. side by side photo <laughs> <laughs> well um so we're back at the church with Sam Sorry, and yeah. <laughs> he and Booth and Brennan are talking about this piece of evidence that it turns out was inside the throat of John Doe 361. And we learn a little bit about uh, an interesting religion called voodoo. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and we find out that Sam practices voodoo yes which is cool yes he's a devout voodoo practitioner i don't know all the details that came out of this particular discussion except this black gum or something that was in it was like a chicken foot and some black yeah, gum root. In a, it was in a gree 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 bag yes i learned a lot about voodoo in this episode yes it was bl black gum root is what they find and mm -hmm. he says that it's a sign. He's basically, he gives us a little education. He says there's good voodoo and there's bad voodoo. This particular black gum root that you're finding in this gree gree bag in these people mm. is bad voodoo. We don't like, this would be done by someone who like, like a sorcerer. I think he called them. 
Right. Somebody who practices a specific type of voodoo. And the, yeah. this interesting, I, I like this part where the chicken foot and the black gum powder symbolized making the dead person silent. So it was like silencing the dead by putting it into the person's throat. It stops them from revealing secrets, I guess. He actually takes the time to explain everything. So mm. we do learn quite a bit. Um, we learned about sect sect rouge, mm -hmm. which is this kind of talks about it as a, a gang, <laughs> but it's it, it's a group of people that follow this evil voodoo, um, mm. and he talks about how they are the ones who sent the flood, uh, mm -hmm. sent her Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, we we learn about all this stuff, and he he has this idea that maybe. Brennan can't remember anything because she because a spell would have been cast on her as well. Booth is obviously like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's like backing away slowly while he's like, okay, yeah. buddy, like, whatever. Okay. And Brennan is super adamant about the fact that she doesn't believe in his religion and everything. Yeah. So she's she's somewhat she's somewhat respectful, but not really. But they they have they do have this um this lead though this black gum root because they figure out that it's only sold in so many places right so they're able to to go and I, I'm getting way ahead of myself but eventually no, they're gonna fine. go and they're gonna end up at this voodoo shop but we'll talk about that in a little bit yes it's run by a gentleman by the name of Benoit. Richard or Robert, I can't remember his first friggin' name right now, but Benoit is his last name. But uh, on the way to the shop, we have mm -hmm. Booth and Brennan in the car again. And Booth is so, he doesn't believe in voodoo. And no. he thinks it's ridiculous, all these things they believe in. And this is where Brennan goes off about Catholicism. Oh, that's and how not good. It's, incredibly similar because they actually believe in a lot of the same saints they have a lot of the same belief systems and what's the difference between um you know the your rituals versus their rituals and then booth brings up the whole zombie piece and he goes well uh, we don't believe in zombies and she starts she immediately jumps on him and says uh jesus christ apparently rose from the dead after being you know gone for three days so there's he your zombie so theory upset out the about that he's like jesus oh my is God. not a zombie <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man she she knows how to push his buttons <laughs> definitely it's, oh my god well they get this they they end up talking to zach yeah on the phone on speakerphone angela's in the background looking at x-rays and he's explaining to her explaining to brennan uh some of the injuries to this john doe 361 just from the x-rays alone because obviously they, just... don't, they don't have the body I just realized I made a mistake, but go on. No, what's your mistake? What's up? Just that they learn these details from Zach about John Doe. And then this is where Angela comes in on Booth and asking if he's there socially. And that's where he starts going off about this crazy scenario they're in. That's when Zach and Angela don't believe the story. Yes. Yes. The first time nothing is mentioned. No, that's okay. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I got it mixed up too. So the first time nothing's mentioned, this phone call Angela mentions okay what's going on and eventually it's not this time but eventually we'll get there 
Mm-hmm. They're just like, good one. Yeah, voodoo amnesia, good one. Uh, like, I was like, I wrote in my notes, they just assume that Booth and Brennan are fucking. They're basically oh, 100%. They like, just think they're boning and that's it. It's ridiculous. That bones <laughs> is boning. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I've been waiting to say that. <laughs> ah! you win you win yes all right um so now we do end up at the vo- uh, uh, voodoo shop it's called Ponk ponker train avenue anyway oh that was God. irrelevant you wrote that down no i'm just i have it in the script it's oh it's my uh my saving grace yeah so booth spots this picture of a cadillac I don't know what kind of catalog, but he really likes it. He bends down in front of it. He like is worshiping it basically. But this place stinks. Booth and Brennan are like, why? Why would it? Brennan's kind of like, did you not expect it to smell? Everything in here is going to smell. Um. <laughs> anyway, and this Richard Benoit, the store owner, he enters and holy smoke, Statcast! Oh, so oh this my is god, Giancarlo Esposito, Yipper. who's been in a lot of stuff more mm-hmm. re- most recently the boys i've been watching a show oh. on prime called the boys with him in it oh, okay um he was also in breaking bad yeah anyway, he he's been in Gus. a ton of stuff yeah oh yeah um anyway so he is in this show as this guy who owns a voodoo shop yes and they are asking him about this black gum root mm-hmm and he's explaining to them that they that the spell that they're talking about from this grigri bag um is a dark spell it's forbidden magic it's from a sect from sect rouge mm-hmm. and he's saying i wouldn't make anything like that because it's it's evil it's evil voodoo. Yeah. i wouldn't do right. that right and they, well, they do have the individual ingredients available in their store to make that that uh, potion, I guess. That's not what it's yes. supposed to be called. But anyway, um, to make the spell, create the spell, they would never put those ingredients together because it is evil. Right. We find out that he has a daughter and she comes up because they want to know maybe, okay, if you're not involved, maybe your daughter is. And they end up asking her for some information. She pulls up a list of anyone who's bought this black gum root recently. Yeah. And he, I think at some point they allude to them needing a warrant to get this information, but Benoit is like, just give it to them, whatever. Yeah. Um, He's very forthcoming, obviously just wants to help them. Maybe not obviously, but seems to just want to help them. Yeah. yeah, they get this list and they find out that Graham Legere, the medical examiner that she had been working with, the one that asked her out, had recently bought black gum root in the last mm-hmm. month. So mm-hmm. perhaps we're getting somewhere. Well, it's an interesting turn of events, really. So now they mm-hmm. have a reason to go to Graham Legere's house. Yes. Um, so Booth and it Brennan is huge. are at his house. His house is pink with white trim it's absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and i thought this is not at all i think the house that that guy would live in but fine definitely not (laughs) also completely unaffected by hurricane katrina well not like not everything was right no yeah yeah but still he's in the rich part of town so true 
So what happens while we're there? Well, the doors open, right? They manage to go into the house unencumbered. Yep. It's not locked. So Brennan walks in and she starts yelling his name, Graham, Graham. She says the name over and over again. And Booth is standing there and he goes, Cracker. Every time she says Graham, he goes, Cracker. And she's like, stop doing that. So the house is really quiet and then they're looking around trying to see stuff and Booth notices that there's a mirror that's covered with a black cloth. So then Brennan kind of has a weird flashback in this moment and she starts walking upstairs and she goes. I feel like she's not just walking like she's walking with purpose. It's almost as if she remembered something like she had to go upstairs right away. Yeah, she went upstairs and he's like, oh, God, here we go. So he starts following her and she's having all these flashbacks and she's standing at the top of the stairs looking at this door to a room. And she says to Booth that something bad happened here. And so they start walking towards this sort of like just this door that's open just a crack. So they start walking towards this room. They open the door and lo and behold, we are met with this horrific horrific gruesome graphic scene uh of a person who will be identified later i'll spoiler as graham legere he's sort of attached to the wall in a crucifix style and he's been basically gutted he looks like a little bit like he's skinned as well yes skin gutted all those things and there's lots of symbols around him and blood everywhere it's so messed up it's absolutely gruesome and booth says yep something bad happened here for sure well they call the police right away of course um so detective harding is there like immediately Mm -hmm. in the next scene this is not looking good for brennan (laughs) they're wondering what they were doing there to begin with at this point detective harding she it seems like she does think that brennan is a suspect she asks that she says that she wants to ask her some questions um what brought you here was it a social visit why are you coming uh they explained to her that they identified that he had bought some black gum root from the voodoo store they were just stopping by they still don't know why he bought the black gum root which is a little bit brennan makes a comment that i didn't think was funny but uh-huh detective harding took it as a joke and brennan's kind of like i'm not joking i don't know why you're thinking i am <laughs> i don't even know what the comment was but anyway it was kind of like an awkward a little they bit had a moment they had moment. a moment where detective rose harding i call her detective rose so she brennan basically says something obtuse and literal yeah and detective rose didn't think it was she she was the one who took offense and thought you know this is not a joke and brennan's like i'm not joking we came here and then booth has to stop them from having this sort of weird social awkwardness by saying it's okay yeah brennan's like very literal so you can't take that stuff personally like she's not joking yeah exactly (laughs) she's not trying to be funny she's just really literal (laughs) so just uh just ignore her at this point though something insane happens Mm -hmm. um booth while they're talking looks down while brennan is talking to harding and right on the floor 
right around a dresser, the leg of a dresser, he sees Brennan's lost earring mm-hmm. with a bit of her ear. Anyway, yep. super gross. And what does he do as a seasoned FBI agent who doesn't want to lose his job? <laughs> he picks it up and puts it in his pocket very carefully. Yeah, but he does it in a way like he's so smart. He's like, he is smart. Oh, it looks like somebody wants to talk to you over there. So the detective turns around yeah, and starts looking at some evidence that's being presented to her. And Booth quickly bends over, grabs the earring and puts it in his pocket without Brenna knowing either. Like he does it all on the DL. So that was interesting. I, I did. Uh, I do like that. He really so, he well, goes out of his mm-hmm. way to protect her. This was just another example of that. Well, yes. And this is a theme, obviously, that runs through the whole episode. And then right after he gets the earring, he wants to leave. He's like, okay, let's go. If you have questions, you know where we are, you know. Basically, basically drags her out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Grabs her arm and is like, let's go. <laughs> and Detective, this is where we find out that Detective Rose slash Harding thinks that Brennan is faking her amnesia this is i i've got i had i kind of got the impression that she thought she was guilty up until this point but this is like you said this is when she really brings it home and is like listen if i find even one piece of evidence that could tie you into this i'm gonna come and i'm gonna arrest you and you should be prepared for that yeah Um, basically she's just like don't skip town yeah uh it makes sense though because at at this time like at this it doesn't at this moment it does not look good for brennan it makes sense that she would be questioning her she knows nothing about her um she doesn't know her personality she doesn't booth believes that it that she did not kill anyone but at this point in time it does not look good for her at all no it doesn't anyway we end up where do we end up? Back at the temporary so morgue, next right? next we go back to the temporary morgue at the church and Booth is explaining to this person that, as I said earlier, I thought was an orderly. His name is James and he's helping Brennan with the files that she was working on before the incident. And Booth explains to James that there's a bunch of voodoo coincidences that are all tied together in these cases that are really, it's really weird, like having to do with the original John Doe 361 and Graham Legere, and there's all this weird stuff happening. This is when I realized that James is not an orderly. James is a doctor. And yes. I realized this because he said he was about to start an autopsy. And I was like, only doctors can do that. Then I find out that in the actual credits, on the prime credits, Graham Legere, his his character, and I'm sorry, this makes me mad. The character of Graham Legere says Dr. Graham Legere. And yeah. then with this guy, his name is just James something or other. James Embry, it doesn't say doctor? Doesn't say doctor interesting oh i think it's more than interesting (laughs) huh because he's the assistant medical examiner legier's the medical examiner Uh uh-huh um and but he can't do an autopsy if he's not a doctor and all that stuff i think he is a doctor because he has to be that legier now that he's dead this guy dr james embry is going to take over basically as the primary medical examiner Booth is like, isn't that, 
Yeah, like condol isn't that interesting? Condolences on your sudden promotion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the interesting thing that happens here is that we find out that the file for John Doe's 361 has gone missing. It doesn't exist. They can't find his file, his body, nothing. And this is when Booth says something funny about Brennan taking a real vacation because, you know, her coming down to New Orleans to help with this is not a vacation. You know, you have to be normal and, you know, go on a We get a lesson in some Latin. Apparently the word vacation (laughs) comes from the Latin vacatio, which apparently vacatio means freedom or release. Like, thanks, Boo. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Well, I didn't realize how much you studied Latin. Do you know so how much I'm learning? Well, I know you <laughs> learned so much Latin on this show for sure. <laughs> so at this point, they go into the cooler where some of the bodies are because they they want to. Is this where they want to try to find John Doe yes. 61? Yeah, because at this point, they at this point, James Embry has told them the file is gone. Like she sent mm-hmm. the x-rays off to DC, but there is no John Doe 361 as far as this facility is concerned. Yeah. Um, so they need to find the body. So they go to the, they go to this temporary morgue's freezer room. Mm-hmm. You see lots of uh, bodies in bags mm-hmm. um, on the tables. Sam Potter's in there and he's chanting over the bodies with a snake who, and saying some prayers. He's, he explains that with voodoo by putting this snake around the body um it takes away the evil spirits mm-hmm. um takes evil spirits away from the body which i was like again learning also voodoo is cool man i think it's it really is cool, cool. <laughs> it, like the gruesome stuff in this episode could have done without that but otherwise it is very interesting well, um, they talk a lot about with voodoo in this episode specifically. They're really, really adamant about explaining that voodoo is all about the balance of things and making sure everything is in balance and there's harmony. Yeah. With everything. And yeah, exactly. The hurricane messed that up. The hurricane threw an imbalance and yes. it's make, messing everything up. So yeah. it's interesting. It they're is talking to Zach too on the phone while they're yes. in here, right? Zach's there and Angela is there as well. And this is finally, I think, maybe not. No. Nope. No, they still don't know anything. We have one mm-hmm. more scene and then they figure out that she's in trouble. Um, anyway. Well, this, is this where they go? They're in the morgue, the cooler, right? And mm-hmm. Sam's there with his snake talking to Booth because Booth's asking questions. And they're talking to Zach and Angela on the phone. This is where Angela also calls Brennan Sweetie again. And uh, Brennan starts playing with the snake. She starts playing with the snake. And Booth's like, like, could you? She's like, oh, hello, snake. And Booth is like, could you please stop acting like Lily Munster and be normal for five minutes and pretend you're a murder suspect? Like, come on. (laughs) He's very frustrated with her because he doesn't think that she's taking this seriously enough. The fact that it looks like she really is a murder suspect guilty yeah yeah and lily munster is um the wife of a vampire is she though isn't she 
Lily? I thought that was the daughter. Oh, maybe not. I looked it up because I was like, who is this? She's the matriarch of the monster oh, family. She's you are correct. And slender. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, so, no, Lily Munster was played by Margaret Middleton. She was so beautiful. Oh, wow. She is beautiful. Just gorgeous. Oh, my God. Sorry, I know that's objectifying her, but she was really beautiful. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Which is telling because Booth thinks uh, Brennan is Lily Munster. Interesting. Um, <laughs> and he loves her. Oh, sorry. I'm getting confused. Oh, and then this is also where Booth is very suspicious of Sam practicing voodoo. And Brennan says, yes. oh, you just think that because you're a basic bitch, basically. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Brennan accuses Booth of being basic. Oh, <clears throat> my God. That she also is, Brennan is starting to get a little bit frustrated because they've given, and Angela's getting frustrated. Everyone's a little bit frustrated because they have these x-rays they have this based on the x-rays they have this victim but they have no body and there's a lot of stuff that they can't do with just the x-rays um brennan is asking if they can is asking angela if she can do some fancy stuff with the x-rays and she's like no i need the actual <laughs> remains like i can't i can't do anything right and anyway they, they she says that she tells them, well, I can't get that for you. They don't exist. And Booth is like, it's probably voodoo. <laughs> voodoo uh, is the reason we don't have it. <laughs> God, It's just anyway, they're doing this prayer ritual. Sam's kind of chanting a bit louder and louder. Mm -hmm. um, we're finding out a little bit more about Sam and what he does, but Mm -hmm. that's where I jumped ahead a little bit because the snakes, they pull the evil out of the soul and they free the spirit. Right, right, right. But by seeing this, Booth is like, how do we know that this isn't the guy who's putting these grigri bags in these people's mouths? Right. And Sam explains to them that those are spells that are the work of a sorcerer and he's a priest. So he does healing, healing mojos. Mm-hmm voodoo he can language do the snake is so stuff, great but too not the evil voodoo <laughs> pardon yeah he doesn't he doesn't practice black voodoo exactly i just said that voodoo language is very cool like to it say is like sorcerer like priest mojo Mo yeah yeah they seem genuinely interested in in voodoo a little bit mm. taken aback by it because right. they have this case where especially after seeing grandma's body i would be like Oh, okay. This is terrifying. <laughs> it seems extreme. Yeah. Seems extreme. But I like how they, they have throughout these scenes, we see Sam doing little bits of voodoo that are very positive. So things mm -hmm. like using the snake to free the body of, of evil spirits. It could um, have gone badly. I hear what you're saying. Like it could have gone, like it could have been more of a caricature, but I think they did try Given the time period that this was made to this TV show, yeah, they I think they did their best at trying to make it, yeah, be respectful, yeah, uh, about the religion and different aspects of it and stuff. So I found it to be somewhat educational, which was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Where are we now? I'm just we're trying back, to think. So back we're with back the at the lab, lab right, with Zach and Hodgins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man. And Hodgins is getting so frustrated with Zach, but he, in his frustration, when he's telling him to learn to be a human, um, (laughs) (laughs) in his frustration, he says something that makes Zach realize that he's been looking at the x-rays wrong the whole time, Mm -hmm. that he needs to look at what's not there rather than what's there. And we don't find out the result of that by the end of this scene. But mm-hmm. Zach gives us some information based on that in a later scene, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But Hodgins this whole time is like behind him doing like faking, strangling him. And Zach is totally unintentionally pissing him off because he's Hodgins is saying, like I said, he's saying, what did he say exactly? He said something about like, you got to, if you're going to pull off being, if you're going to successfully pretend to be a human being, then you got to take interest in what people actually say to you or something like that. What is it? This whole thing. I'm serious. I just didn't. I know that Zach called out Hodgins for. uh, What was it? Pretending to be taller. Was that where he said about? Yes. Yeah. This is where it was. That's why. That's why he says it because he's like, is because Hodgins is saying oh if you're ever going to successfully mimic being human you have to stop making everything about you and feign interest in the other guy right Zach is like I do have interest in you I noticed that you're always pretending to be taller around people like Brennan and Angela who are taller than you (laughs) and Hodgins is like never mind don't take interest in the other guy he pretends to strangle him from behind yeah and thank god we're done with the scene incensed it's mostly because hodgins after examining the x-rays he's upset because he can see particles like particles on the bones and he wants to be able to touch it and examine it but he can't because they don't have access to the corpse and everyone's jokingly saying oh is it dirt is it dirt and he's like dirt it's not just dirt dirt is like so many things like stop saying it's just dirt so he's oh, yeah. just really mad about that. He just goes yeah. off. Yeah. This makes Hodgins crazy. <laughs> well, Hodgins is always a little crazy, but this is like another level, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now we're back in New Orleans in uh, Brennan's rental. Oh my God. It's so nice. This place <laughs> is like palatial. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's probably she... really cheap after the Ka- Katrina. You have to be oh, honestly. Probably. She's staying in like a <laughs> pento suite it's gorgeous yeah um booth is trying to talk some sense into her because she's she's saying this could have been me like i don't remember i maybe i did kill um graham i like looking at it objectively he was killed Mm -hmm. between these hours i have no alibi yeah i have no idea what's going on and booth is like you know what i would bet my professional career that you didn't kill anyone and he makes a comment that he already did and we know as the audience that he picked up the earring but she doesn't know mm-hmm. and when she asks about like what do you mean he's like oh nothing never mind is that what it was because i was like why did he say-? i didn't get that he was referring to the earring i think that that's what it was Oh, that makes sense. Because I was yeah. like, "What did he lie to his boss to come down here?" Like, oh my god, what's imagine the story. True, because he's not there in like an FBI capacity at all. They're kind of doing this investigation completely, like on the side. Uh, yeah, because 
Detective Harding is the one who's running the investigation. The FBI is not involved. So this is their own sort of like help to figure it helped prove that Brennan wasn't involved sort of little. Um, right. But he gets mad at her. He's like, please stop being logical. Please stop being yeah. rational. Please. Can you just be irrational? Yeah. Can you stop? Can you just stop talking? Cause he hates that. She's basically saying all roads lead to her and she's yeah. being rational and saying it could be me. And then he notices something on her pillow. Oh yeah. And there's a little pouch, like a another green green bag or mojo bag. Yeah. On her pillow. Yeah. There's some flesh in it, some seashells, some leather. There's a human tooth. Apparently, we don't know that. Tooth. We don't know that because something else happens first. No, I think we do. Oh we yeah, do yeah, we oh. do. But then, oh, right. suddenly Detective Harding rushes in with a bunch of other officers behind her. She has her gun drawn. Booth immediately, instinctually pulls his gun as well kind of protecting he Brennan. pulled his gun out so fast like when oh, they yeah. burst down the door he immediately did his spin and had the gun like oh yeah he had the jump on her he totally had the jump oh, on 100%. her i'm just gonna say that right now oh for sure good instincts and, good instincts. oh very good instincts and he says she says to put down the weapon and he's kind of like well my fingers are on the trigger and that's the best i can do so you put your weapon down first and then we'll go from there <laughs> i was like oh damn, Ooh, damn. mr booth <laughs> so ultimately they both put their guns down eventually <laughs> everyone puts their guns down uh detective harding at this point is wanting to arrest dr brennan for dr brennan is wanting to arrest brennan for the murder of graham legere because they have found out that his blood was on her clothing yeah and her blood was found at the crime scene Right. So at this point, it's pretty damning evidence that she was at least involved, that or at least that she was there when Graham was killed or around the time that he was killed. Yes. She offers the mojo bag immediately and is like, oh, okay, well, I found we found this bag. And she's like, you know what? Yeah, I placed me under arrest. No big deal. I could have done it, maybe. <laughs> and Liz is so mad. He's oh like, my Brennan, God. shut the fuck up. Oh, yeah. And she's offering herself. She's like, yeah, take me in. No problem. Take me in. I could have done it. No big deal. <laughs> Spoken oh like God. a privileged white woman, eh? No oh problem. God. Spoken like an I'll idiot. I'll get out in half an hour. <laughs> oh, so bad. God. So they, they take Brennan out of the room in handcuffs and Booth follows after. Presumably, he's going to help try to get her out of prison i guess <laughs> oh my god come wow. on brennan get it together yeah where are we so the next scene we have brennan she's being questioned by detective rose as i like to call her and yes. the first thing that detective rose asks is if brennan was sleeping with greg legier she wants to know if she and greg legier were together at all so What's, then brennan what a stupid is, question though well, everybody wants to know. It's like the first question. Were you intimate with this person? Do you, yeah. Just to determine their relationship, right? Why would she but be at the house otherwise? She was right? in the room, though, when they said that Brennan had no indications of any recent sexual activity. Right. But, I mean, it could have happened recent before. Recent sexual activity? Yeah. That doctor said that there was no no signs that she had consensual or otherwise sex. Yeah, but what if she had sex with him, like, earlier? A week earlier, like, maybe. A week ago, maybe. I don't know. Regardless. We don't really know how long this vacation is. So. No. 
she wants to know detective rose basically wants to know what brennan was doing at his house yes right good question which is i think a legitimate question and then brennan is being very reasonable and answering all of her questions very matter-of-factly and then in the middle of all this booth barges in with a woman named caroline julian right played by patricia belcher yes and she's apparently from the u.s attorney's office booth is someone who will sweet talk this woman to come in and help brennan legally and this is a character that we want to make sure we know is she's about to be this is the <sighs> first episode she's in oh my God. Uh, and she's going to be in 54 other episodes throughout the 12 season um i am like in love with this woman she oh i love this woman is the way amazing. she calls brennan sheree like she always or booth sorry sheree she always says sheree <laughs> like <laughs> damn sheree i'm like oh yeah. my god what a wonderful woman I, I love her i love her i love her she just looks like a nice person like i like she's this lady tough as nails too oh and yeah she's super assertive like the best lawyer i would i'd hire her in two seconds except the only problem is she's a prosecutor not a defense yes. attorney so she Which keeps is, calling Brennan a fool for not shutting up. Like, keep yeah, because shut. Brennan is like, here's the Gregory bag. Let me tell you about everything I know about the case. Because realistically, she has nothing to, she's in her mind. She is possibly innocent. I don't know. She's trying to give all the information that she can to either because clear her name or help convict her. Who knows? <laughs> no matter what, Brennan is about justice and truth and yeah all those things to prevail but regardless caroline carolyn uh, demands that the interview is over and yeah. she wants to speak to brendan alone as her client and between and booth is, yeah <laughs> between booth and caroline they must yeah. have told brendan to shut up like five times <laughs> in this one scene they're both like shut up shut up stop talking stop Zip talking that mouth shut what is wrong with you she's so funny that's hilarious but i love that caroline sits down and she basically runs over brennan's rap sheet like she goes over all the things that brennan has going against her in this case all the reasons that booth refuses to give her a gun basically <laughs> well what are those you did you write those reasons down he shot an unarmed man mm -hmm. but he was, he was trying, trying to, to burn her, her. yes <laughs> um she has four she's hunting licenses in four states but she only hunts for food she's a registered marksman with the nra listen when i heard that i i wrote it in huge letters on my notes because we talked about this earlier about how we think Brennan votes and whether she's a Republican or not. Republican for sure. hundred percent. solidified no. it. Guaranteed member oh, of the yeah. NRA. Republican. 100%. <laughs> she, that's a good point, actually. We were always wondering that. She <laughs> is also trained in three types of martial arts, which I did not know that. No. <laughs> and she has two assault charges. So yeah. it's not looking good. <laughs> no basically i was saying you could have totally killed greg this year <laughs> oh my god it's yeah Ugh. so regardless booth asked carolyn to arrange bail for brennan and then we're back at the lab with yes we uh, are zach and hodgins and we get an indication that zach 
sorry, that Hodgins. I need to lift my microphone so you make sure I hear you hear this clearly. <clears throat> that mm-hmm. Z- that Hodgins mm-hmm. is into Angela. Found oh chicka wow wow. I can't. I can't do this, Brittany. Like, <laughs> and this, this concludes uh, Squintcast forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with Hodgins. Hodgins! They can't get together. This they can't very out. This is the beginning, but the other thing maybe. Oh yeah, it gets way better. I'm already sick to my stomach thinking about it. (laughs) I love it. And hates it, but that's okay. But basically, Zach and Hodgins are having this very quick conversation while they're looking at this x-ray. And Hodgins is like, you know, Angela's not that much taller than me. Um, we we both like Brussels sprouts. And Zach is like, you don't like Brussels sprouts, though. And Hodgins is kind of like, well, I can change for Angela, Zach. Oh, my God. Like, what? You're going to start liking Brussels sprouts to, to change? I can't. Anyway. I have nothing to say about this. We can move on. So yes, let's please. talk about Booth and Sam Potter and Brennan having a little com- convo at Jambalaya Jones. Jambalaya Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you take it away and I- I'll be back in two seconds. I'm walking five steps away just to get a drink. I'll be back. Sure, sure, sure. And I might follow you after that. But regardless, they're at Jambalaya Jones uh, with Sam. And Sam explains to Booth and Brennan that the Grigri bag that was left on Brennan's pillow was meant to help Brennan forget. And then Brennan says she doesn't believe in voodoo. But then Sam says, which is an interesting thing, he says, it doesn't matter if you believe in voodoo. (laughs) Basically, it's that if the spirits believe in you, that's when you have to you know, watch out. And then he just gets up and leaves. So that makes voodoo a little bit more. I just love voodoo. I guess I like voodoo. I think it's really interesting. (laughs) We're both very intrigued by voodoo at this point. We're like, oh, (laughs) I mean, this whole uh, everything else in this episode was terrible. So we're just latching on to the one interesting thing, which is the voodoo part. (laughs) We really like Sam Potter. He's a great character. But this is a great scene because Brennan and Booth are eating. This is the finally they're sitting down to eat at Jambalaya Jones. And Brennan is just wondering out loud, like, I don't know how I got away. Like, how did I get away? So then some food is served. Booth and Brennan are breaking bread together. And Booth is reassuring her that, you know, all those things that the lawyer was talking about, all your fighting. It's because of all the fighting that you've done. It makes you a very surprising woman, especially because she doesn't believe in magic. And this is when she, it makes her smile. And I was, it made me smile too. I can't hear you. Turn your thing on. Oh, yes. Yeah, it made me smile. It was so nice when you said that when when he said you're a surprising woman, I was like, I've never heard somebody say that. That's an interest. That's a nice thing to it's hear. A, it's a nice thing to say. I, 
he is so enamored by her. See, I, I don't, don't think, think she so. realizes okay? it. Okay. I don't think I so. I think so. I don't think he knows it. I think he's just there because they have this incredible bond. They went through an insane amount of trauma, like not That's that long true. ago. So they're very close and their friendship is growing deeper and they have okay. a connection. Yeah. I don't feel like, yes, they have chemistry. Yes, they have all this stuff. And I know what happens, guys. Don't come at me. Like, I understand what happens. <laughs> but right in this moment, I know what you're saying. Yes, he's enamored with her. I don't think he is. I think he's Maybe just... it's because I have this, like, your colored knowledge your... of what's to come. Yes. So I'm I can't trying wait. to read into it's it. It's going to be really great for me. I'm going to enjoy when it happens <laughs> because it'll be, like, earned. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really feel like their friendship is just getting so intimate and deep and like super connected and this is yeah. where and i hope you don't mind me saying this but i love this part where she says to her or she says to him like why are you being so nice to me and he says that he basically talks about all the murderers out there that think they can get away with it that yeah you know for years even for years and years and years i think they got away with it he says that you are the one that makes sure they don't yeah. basically like you, you prove that they can't get away with it. Yeah. And she says, I couldn't do it without you, Booth. It's a really special moment. And he says, maybe you should be nicer to me. And then she says, maybe I should like, they're agreeing. <laughs> this is a nice part of their working relationship and their friendship i think it's yeah. great they they acknowledge their shortcomings every so often mm -hmm. not often no <laughs> but sometimes like her being like oh yeah maybe i should it's like yeah okay all right all right all right all right <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired who, who i know we got to Bust I'm Matthew McConaughey. I know you are Matthew McConaughey. You are the Lincoln lawyer. Anyway, we're going. Okay, Caroline lawyers. comes. Yes, and she is like, I look through this case. There was no talk screen. The the talk screen came back and it was completely negative. You had nothing in your system. Mm -hmm. The only thing that they found was a, were traces of alcohol, which I thought was interesting because he was murdered between the hours of 11 on Tuesday night and 3 a.m. on Wednesday morning and she came to Thursday morning and mm. there was alcohol in her system hey interesting I, okay I guess it stays in your blood for a while I guess yeah so she was trying to say basically like they have you dead to rights like if I'm prosecuting this case I'm not even getting out of my pajamas to do it. Like it's <laughs> you're screwed. Like you can, I can get you down to three years in jail and then you'll be released after three years. If you take right. a plea and Booth is like, she didn't do it. hundred percent. She didn't do it. Carolyn's like, oh, well, it, it's going to be difficult to prove that. <laughs> and they end up looking at, um, during this, they end up looking at x-rays, um, specifically Brennan's x-rays from the mm -hmm. hospital. And they had told her that she had strained her wrist, 
or fractured her wrist. Right. And when she actually looks at these x-rays, she realized that the doctor was wrong, that mm-hmm. she doesn't have a fracture from a fall, that there's the break that she has on her wrist is indicative of some sort of surface trauma on the outside of the bone. So either she was acting defensively yeah, or someone slammed her wrist into something. Right. Um, so she's saying, if I had already stabbed the attacker, he wouldn't have been able to break my wrist. So mm-hmm. maybe we do have a case here. Maybe I didn't do it. Right. She's like kind of convincing herself because at this point, I think she kind of did think that maybe she had done it. Yeah. Um, Booth is the only one that thought she didn't, even with yeah. her. Um, and Caroline's like, okay, I can work with this. I can yeah. make a case with that. Right. Uh, let's do it. So, anyway, Booth says some so smart ass remark about how maybe someone put a forgetting spell on Brennan. Yeah, and, he's talking about the voodoo aspect, and and the gambler oh, yeah. is like, I can work with that too. Like it's all the swirls, everything in the kitchen sink is no problem. Exactly. Then, okay, uh, I need you to talk about this scene. Yes. Well, uh, then the <laughs> lawyer takes off. She's got what she needed. So we get a phone call from Zach. And he basically tells Brennan that he has identified John Doe 361 as Rene Mouton. And Hodgins is still really angry about all these dirt comments everyone is making because he still is really frustrated and wants to know what these particles are. And Brennan's like, oh, is it dirt? There's a lot of dirt talk again. Yes. And during this conversation, Angela says you know just come home and forget about all this and brennan says it's okay you know i made bail and the murder charge won't stick and then everybody sort of stops what they're doing and they're very alarmed by this revelation that there is a murder and she's been in jail i'm trying to pull it up on my phone because it is ridiculous how long it took them to figure out that she was in trouble yes it is this is literally the first indication (laughs) well my first indication would have been the fact that booth was there yes i would have wondered why is booth helping brennan on her vacation that's fishy yes that's where i would have asked questions you know like well but i guess they're so obsessed with them getting together and sleeping together that they didn't think anything of it because they're like oh they're finally boning all right. good but my it was funny how brendan was very nonchalant in this you know oh it's okay i got out on bail i the murder charge is not going to stick i'm healing up fine and then she hangs up on them and now i want you to take over because i'm going to go vomit damn okay, it i thought that talking you know you know that i got ahead of myself and i thought we were already on that scene <laughs> that's why i was like you need to talk about this um <laughs> Okay, but just so we're clear, this is a 44-minute yeah. episode. Yeah. And it takes them 31 minutes to, to figure out that, out that there's a attacked. problem. Oh yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not good. Oh okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to go. I'll put barfing sounds in the background. Angela and Hodgins sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, so 
Uh, so everyone's kind of walking out of Angela's office at the end of the conversation. <laughs> Poor Kelly has her hands like covering her head and is like, no. <laughs> anyway, okay. So Angela's like, oh. as, after they're off the phone, she says to Zach and Hodgin, she's like, don't we, isn't there a problem with Brennan just running around and trying to fight crime by herself? Like, it's stupid. It's nuts. Like, don't you agree with me? Um, and Zach is just shaking his head no. And Hodgins is staring at her. Zach walks away. And I'm really drawing this out, aren't I? I can't do it. And Hodgins oh. is starting to leave. Turns back to her. And comes and sits down beside her on the table. And gets extra Stop. close to her. I can't. And says, Brennan, everything will be fine. Brennan, Angela. Angela. Oh, boy. Let me try again. Okay, so he comes down and sits there and is like, Angela, Brennan will be fine. She got bail. The murder charges won't stick. Everything's okay. Don't worry. Angela's opening up to her and or opening up to him, saying, what's going on with her? And he just looks at her and says, Angela. I hate this so much. much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking at Kelly's notes. It says in all caps, I hate this so much. (laughs) For like completely unprovoked, Hodgins gets extra close to Angela and is like, does that chuckle that you do when you're like, "Ah." you know, she started to change the day she met you, Angela. Oh my God. And then he really sits on the edge of her desk. She sees how you do it. All fun and involvement and pizzazz. Big, you know? And he stares down at her and looks a bit awkward and shyly at her and smiling and like just realizing. It's like this little boy that realized that he's totally in love. And (laughs) then he kind of just like realizes that he's being awkward and he's like you know, uh, Booth came along, gave her the opportunity to live this big life like you do, and yeah, that's what it is. She wants to Brittany. live this life like you. Stick I'm just it. gonna keep stre- stretching it out. Over stop it. Please, <laughs> okay, stop that's it. it. Anyway, he's like, you know, all I work with is dirt. He realizes how awkward he is, and he's like, oh, okay, so that's all. And then he walks Brittany. away. She first smiles all, and watches first him leave. Of all, listen, I have questions. Okay. <sighs> I know we got to move on, but listen to me. Did I take long enough to get through that? Scene? Brennan changed when <laughs> she met you. Oh yeah. This is total bullshit. Um, Angela is not big. She's not, no. she not a big personality. She does not no. have a big life. No, there's nothing about what he said is true, but he is enamored by her very suddenly. Like I've never really no. seen any indications that he's into her until this episode. This is like, insanely out of nowhere this is a really big i'm you know what i'm i'm itchy anyway (sighs) i'm like stretching stressing kelly out (laughs) i can't the whole scene literally made my stomach turn i was like what is he doing right now he's so creepy 
If I ever meet TJ Tyne, he has a lot of explaining to do. Because I'm like, what the hell? Who told you to act do this this way? <laughs> How is Angela's life big? I mean, Brendan's life is massive. She is a highly educated, yeah. incredibly intelligent woman. She travels who has to traveled New Orleans all over for the fun. world. She's traveled all over the world. She knows, like, we just listened to the lawyer go through her rap sheet, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. But she's the one with the big life. Unbelievable. It's total BS, but basically I think that he's just... The purpose of the scene is just to show that there is a feeling of romance, at least from Hodgins' side. It's so Angela. clumsy. It's so clumsy. Very clumsy, but necessary to help kickstart this. The worst going to happen thing of all time. Okay, well the scene is over, and we're now back in New Orleans, the temporary morgue, mm -hmm. in this huge workroom filled with corpses, mm -hmm. and according to some FBI file. Um, this guy that they found, this uh, John Doe 361, this Rene Mouton, uh, headed, up a small, Mouton uh, headed up a small voodoo church. He seemed like a good man. He rescued a bunch of people from Hurricane Katrina, and then he disappeared. Mm -hmm. And they thought that he just was swept away when the levee broke. Um, mm -hmm. We get some insight from Sam Potter, finally. Mm. on this guy he it is it seems like he knows who he was um yeah. he's a, he's explaining to them that he was a priest mm -hmm. and that it would make sense if he is a priest that that the sect rouge would want to claim his soul and give them influence on the people that he influenced so it would make sense that there was this Grigri box and then the, that Dr. Legere was murdered and all these people that were connected to him uh, ended up murdered or these bad things were happening to them. Mm -hmm. um, which it, it does make sense in the world of voodoo, I guess. Uh, I'm trying to think. What? Booth, I think it's in this scene that Booth makes a Lord of the Rings reference because he's not believing any of this. <laughs> because he's like, okay, it's cool that like this stuff happened and that there was this group group thing or bag or whatever. But isn't this the same thing as like, okay, throw the ring into the river, in the molten river, and blah blah blah. <laughs> um, it but it doesn't make sense to him that he he feels like who would he's questioning who would have had the means and opportunity to hide a body and the file for this John yes. Doe 361 right um and they're thinking okay it could maybe J James Embry Sam Potter says I could have had the opportunity yeah um Mike Doyle maybe could have had the opportunity Mike Doyle if we go back to the first scene he was the one that was the coffin having sex with the coffin coffin girl yeah and booth turns to sam potter and asks if i if you wanted to hide a particular body and you didn't want anyone to find out where would you put it right and that's when uh sam takes them to this coffin section of the freezer room right and this is when 
yes, indeed, they find John Doe 361's body there. Right. But on top of the body, they find Mike Doyle. Yes. And he has been murdered. And it is yep. not good. <laughs> no, it's crazy. So they go in this big room with all these cardboard coffins with John Doe's and they find both of these vic- like both of these people. It's yeah. insane. So we find out that Mike Doyle is dead as well. And yeah. now we're dealing with a double homicide it seems it would so appear call, so yeah so they call in the cops and brennan's like i thought you didn't want the cops here booth and booth's like yeah but we have a double homicide we can't yeah you know we can't do this so they you, you wouldn't just that... cop a plea and get in three years like we, we're the ones who came across the body this does not look good <laughs> yeah i know. need to call <laughs> yeah so detective rose she's like running over the whole <laughs> running through everything we know so far and it's pretty outlandish like it sounds absolutely insane that they're i can't even run over the plot and it doesn't matter so sam is over the body of renee mouton and he has these special ashes that he wants to spread over the body to cleanse his soul and detective rose is like no you can't do that this is evidence leave it alone then brennan ears brennan's ears perk up and she asks what's what's in the ashes that you're going to spread so he goes over the list of ingredients and brennan says it's fine don't worry it's not going to affect the bones at all so sam starts doing his thing and he's humming and hawing and putting the ashes over the body and can you tell me what happens this is our like saving grace to this episode because they have no idea who is killing these people yeah but when he puts the ashes over this body they start to form a pattern Mm -hmm. it's some sort of very interesting phenomenon for some reason uh, brennan explains it as the electrostatic charge of the particles reacted with the bone and even though angel was unable to recreate the pattern that they saw on the x-rays um this like random fire pit ashes collection is able to do it uh so it creates the emblem of a 1959 caddy brogham i don't know i don't know but booth recognized this right away because remember when we were in the voodoo shop he saw that photo of the of the 1959 caddy and he was like bowing down to it almost he was like oh i love this car beautiful car yeah so he's like shit we know <laughs> who killed this who killed this person yeah uh because the voodoo shop guy owns a 1959 cadillac and yep. he has a voodoo daughter yep and they go straight over there mm-hmm. and <laughs> the beginning of us being at the voodoo shop they zoom in on this picture of richard benoit and his daughter in front of this cadillac mm-hmm. and benoit they um he's questioning why are you taking my caddy (laughs) um so he's questioning like why are you taking my caddy like what's going on they sort they say like it would appear that there was some sort of hit and run situation yeah he's playing dumb or he's genuinely confused i thought he was playing pretty good like he was Uh, yeah to me he seemed like he was completely innocent and was just being helpful yeah. Um, but he does acknowledge that his daughter has a boyfriend. They ask if they has a boyfriend. They show a picture of Mike Doyle. He confirms, yep, that's her, that's her boyfriend, Mike Doyle. 
Yeah, and then Booth says, we need to talk to your daughter. And then Detective Rose goes, <clears throat> and he goes, uh, Detective Rose Hardening <laughs> needs to talk to your daughter. <laughs> yeah, because he's coming around for all of this. Like, Brennan is, this is what's confusing about this episode. Brennan and Brennan and Booth are tagging along this whole time. I know, when they wouldn't normally be because they're just There's civilians. no way. She's a murder suspect. Yeah. And the FBI yeah. is not involved. You're but right. It's so wonderful that they are able to take along because otherwise we end up in the basement and of the voodoo shop of yes. the voodoo shop. And he's like, knock, knock, knock. Oh, she's downstairs praying. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, Eva, are you in there? Uh, <laughs> and anyway, there's no answer. Detective Harding puts um, her ear to the door and she's like you know what i'm just gonna open the door opens the door booth enters after benoit then sees that eva is on this what is that called spike spike yeah her body's on the spike she's dead yeah tragic uh benoit is so sad he goes and he pulls her body off very dramatically pulls her body off the spike he's really upset lowers her to the floor what happens we run well we run into the sink where brennan look, turns around and there's a shrine or something yes and she's like hey look over here they find a bunch of evidence all around the basement all over it including renee mouton's skull yes and a spike that would have killed mike doyle and yep. greg legere so then sam walks in where did sam come from i don't know but he walks in and starts <laughs> explaining true. everything to them like all and these people happened. taking along that shouldn't be coming. <laughs> exactly. And then while Sam is explaining the whole voodoo stuff, and at this point, I kind of, I, I kind of didn't understand half of what Sam was saying. So regardless, Brennan looks at the spike in the wall and the body, and she figures out that ultimately Eva did not kill herself. She was actually placed on that spike because she would never yeah. have been able to do that herself. Yeah. She goes full on. Have you ever heard of a show? Uh, yeah, so Brennan doesn't think Eva killed herself. Sam looks at, uh, I want to call him Gus, but Richard Benoit, and accuses Richard of being the evil black voodoo practitioner. Yes. And then, have you ever heard of a show called Matlock? Sounds familiar, but I don't think I've watched it. Anyway, he was one of these lawyers that he would get somebody on the stand who was being questioned, like just being uh, a witness in a murder. And then he turns out, it turns out that that person actually did the murder, not the person who was Ooh. accused. And he would okay. somehow get them to confess on the stand. So Brennan went full on Matlock in this moment and starts questioning. I called him Gus slash Giancarlo slash Richard. So they find out that he killed his own daughter. By finding oh. a wound on his chest. Because he that thought that he could bring her back. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, he's, he's immediately found out because he would have pressed her against the spike and also gotten a wound from the spike. So he's arrested immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Just And then what happens? I know that we want to move on, but I was just... No, I was quite other than the fact that he is a very famous actor so whenever i see very famous actors on these types of shows i'm always like yeah 
they need to make their money somehow. I think so, there's something is bad. <laughs> that is a bad guy for sure. <laughs> but other than that, I like yeah. there was no indication to me until this very like the very end of this episode. Yeah. That yeah. he was the killer. Yeah. Um so am I to believe that he killed Mike Doyle and he killed uh Greg Legere and he killed uh what's his face, John Doe slash um Mouton as well? I think and his, that his daughter didn't practice that type of voodoo at all. I think from what I understood, I think she committed a hit and run. Uh, Mike Doyle huh. helped hide the body. Uh, then the body was discovered. She found out she killed anyone who was involved. So she killed Mike Doyle and she killed Graham. You think she killed them? I think she killed them. And then he killed her to help cleanse his daughter's soul wow i didn't think that okay cool that was my thinking okay but i could be wrong i thought he killed them all could be and she was just a freak in the sheets it very well could be (laughs) because i'm trying to think freak in the sheets lady in the streets um (laughs) I'm not sure. Like I, it wasn't clear who did the killing. No, it wasn't right. But they had jars that had the souls of Rene Mouton, and there was so also his the daughter soul. must have known about it. That's why I'm thinking. I think that she. I think. I <laughs> we think are that not she. I'm, I'm like trying to read through here. <laughs> I, I. I. I'm staying strong to that i think he figured out that she had done that and then i think that he did this to like release her soul and then bring her back to life yeah but then why is he being i guess he's just always practiced black voodoo i don't know i don't know it's unclear who killed who but something happened to kill these people either him or Mm -hmm. his daughter killed them right but i think she committed the hit and run yes i believe that that was I think there was some anyway and they end up back at the jeffersonian they're all kind of sitting brennan booth Hodgins, no, honey, we're not, you gotta go back you gotta go oh, back what i left i left the scene for you but i will do it what did Gene i miss carlo slash gus slash richard benoit is arrested on the spot and oh, he's the... so fucking pissed off and he starts yelling at brennan about how the black voodoo people are gonna come and get her <laughs> and her mojo's gonna be fucked for life and he starts casting a spell on her. This kind of stuff. I'm sorry. I hate to be. I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Agua, agua. Yeah. <laughs> so Brennan's looking at him and Booth's looking. They're all looking at this guy casting this spell on Brennan. And all she does is she just pokes him in the eyes. With and he both, goes, ah! Both fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and Detective Harding starts laughing. It was so oh, yeah. funny. And Brennan so says, wonderful. you'll notice that people are never scary when you poke them in the eye. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I totally skipped ahead. Oh my God. No, but I would, I got to remember that. That's really good. If somebody's like pissing you off, just poke them in the just eye. Poke, you know what? You. I wonder, can you use that in boxing? No, because I have gloves on. Oh, what if you just <laughs> drop a glove? Just poke them. Poke, poke. 
They'll be so surprised. They won't know what came. <laughs> what came. I loved. Them. I loved how Rose heard the actress who played Detective Rose Harding laughed in that moment. It was really quite genuine and hilarious. Yeah. I thought it was quite fun. I wonder. It could be that it wasn't scripted. Could be. It didn't seem. It did way, seem genuine. But... Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now we're back at the Jeffersonian. Yes, ma'am. They are talking about how Benoit used Hurricane Katrina as a diversion to take the soul of this that voodoo priest. He killed his own daughter. It's so sad. Anyway, but they're kind of talking about whether they believe in these things. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, they're saying, okay, well, they must have put a forgetting hex on Dr. Brennan, though, is what Hodgins says. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, it must have been the drugs. Like, that's that's what it was and then they tell her there wasn't a trace of any of these things nice try so mm-hmm. they kind of conclude and kind of jokingly much to her dismay that she got voodooed and that's just it yeah hodgins calls her baby it's a little weird he's like they put the voodoo on you baby yeah and then immediately regrets it immediately regrets that exactly but they at the very end of this scene, so they're joking about voodoo, whatever. And then at the end of this scene, Booth leans back in his chair, grabs the earring, and hands yes. her his uh, hands her, her mother's earring. Well, this is before that though. They're saying she was saying Brennan kept insisting that things and possessions, like all these sim- like these things, I think that she's talking about like the chicken feed and the yeah. gum and all that. that things all those are just things. things. They have no meaning. There's no meaning yeah. to them. So then yeah. that's when Booth pulls out the earring and hands it to her. He said, oh, yeah, things have no things meaning. Things are just eh? things. <laughs> so she takes the earring and he kind of does a mic drop and just leaves, right? Yeah. And then everyone's like, what's that? Does What is it? Does this prove, does this prove something? They ask yeah. if this proves something. And I love this because she she's looking at the earring and she goes, yes, it does. It does prove something. And I thought that was a really fascinating way to end the episode because for me, that means that <clears throat> it just proved something about her relationship to Booth. Yes. Like it was yeah. like how he felt about her. Like she yeah. realizes in that moment by him doing this for her and risking his career by removing this evidence from the crime scene, blah, 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 it proves, it just proves that he is, like, they're, uh, they're bonded, you know? Yes, like that he cares yeah. for her deeply. He cares about her. And yeah. That's what I felt that the meaning was. You? Yeah, not that she believes in voodoo or anything, but that they have that strong bond, which... It was a perfect way to end the episode. Ugh. I was not a fan of this episode. I'm going to be honest. I love Bones. Okay. Exactly. Lots of things in this episode were very interesting. We got to meet Caroline. That's huge. She goes yes. on to be one of my favorite characters in the show. A hundred percent. We saw a change in dynamic between Angela and Zach. Or not Angela. I keep calling Hodgins Zach. Uh, change in dynamic between Han- Angela and Hodgins, which you hate. I think is interesting. I think it's, it's the beginning of awful something <laughs> awful it's awful it's awful. um and then we see every episode lately has been really deepening the bond between brennan and booth and this 
was definitely a bonding episode for them more from his side than hers i would say in that he went out of his way to make sure he was in new orleans he risked his career by grabbing the necklace um there were quite a few things that he did for her in this episode that made a huge difference i think in how she felt about their relationship but i, I love the episode you. <laughs> no, I agree with you. The whole backdrop of Katrina, you know, given the, I don't know, the Katrina piece, I seriously, so devastating, awful, terrible, like such a black mark on the American government in a lot of ways, like so many things went wrong there. Yeah. It's just such a terrible, it was a terrible situation. People are probably still affected and recovering from it, you know? Yeah. And, um... I just thought it was too jokey, very jokey, you know? Yeah. But it was such a devastating, depressing, awful time. Like, it was a terrible time, you know? Especially for the episode to start with. Oh, the way it started um, was wrong. Like, I, the way it started not was good. awful. And, yeah. like, joking about having sex with on the coffins and stuff. I was just yeah. like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah like, no that was weird. not appropriate it, it was like literally they're showing us images of her katrina like the aftermath yeah and they're like yeah you but you banged her on that coffin didn't you it's like oh it was really uh jarring it was a jarring thing and i think it yeah. sort of put me off it put me off completely i think same it was just not the right start to the episode for me <laughs> no i agree all the same things relationship uh, building and characters and i love being introduced to caroline she's like phenomenal yeah. i i do remember her when she came on the scene i was like oh my god i i'd forgotten all about her i, I was so excited so i'm glad that greg legier died i know that's terrible to say but he was like <clears throat> There was nothing redeeming about that character, so I was like glad. Oh, I was yeah. like, within the first few minutes of meeting the, him, those two th people die. <laughs> I was like, they're gonna so die. Like I was like, <laughs> they're so dead. <laughs> they're definitely gonna die. Uh, I think it was kind of necessary. It's just interesting. That's how the that's how the episode started, right? And then both of like the characters that were both like, oh, that's problematic. Both of them died, so it's fine. <laughs> so we all win, exactly. All but, winners um, here. I guess I just I look forward to the next one. I'm hoping it, everyone will redeem themselves, and it will be yeah, you know, far more. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Just have more substance. You know what I mean? The next episode is very character building, but it's very sad. Well, we're nearing the end, so they're going to get serious, I think. The last episode of the season is like... All right. Sounds good to me. It's crazy. On that note, let's uh, say goodbye to our lovely listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of... Squintcast. Squintcast. <laughs> I think we're One getting better get at that. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. 
Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.